Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob. Reading today from the 2017 newsletter of uh, Crossing Borders. Now this was just came out even though it's in the middle of 2018. Uh, telling about the things they've done and, and by doing that giving you some insights into what's going on in North Korea. I read uh, not too long ago a story that is an ongoing story through the pages of this report uh, about Lois and uh, I'm sure you were blessed by that but let me just tell you some of the other stuff they wrote uh, I think it will be beneficial. Last year says Dan Chung who is the executive director and co-founder of Crossing Borders last year was a tumultuous year in and around North Korea. We saw an unprecedented series of nuclear tests, rocket launches, provocations, as news outlets seemed fixated on the rising tensions between the United States and North Korea. Many have lost hope for North Korea due to a seemingly unending pattern of combative rhetoric and saber-rattling. Anxiety has grown regarding the situation on the Korean Peninsula. According to a Pew Research poll in 2017, 65% of Americans stated they were very concerned about North Korea having nuclear weapons. Also in 2017, North Korean refugees in China have found themselves again in the crosshairs of China's on-again, off-again search to round them up and send them back to North Korea. In our 2017 annual survey, 88% of the refugees in our network reported they felt an immediate threat of deportation. In 2016, only 19% shared the same sentiment. But they haven't lost heart. They found ways to survive and even thrive in these conditions. The orphans in our network are also thriving. They're honing in on realistic, achievable career goals. Students are attending vocational schools and also getting ready for college. They're gaining practical skills to prepare them for the marketplace. Each year we assess how realistic each child's career goals are. The average score on a scale from 1 to 5, which is completely unrealistic to completely realistic, is currently 4.4, up from 3.8. This is why we see so much to be optimistic about and also so much we can do. Now, what's this all got to do with North Korea? Again, these are people who have gotten out, but North Korea hasn't gotten out of them. And they're in China, most of them living as refugees, but hidden and careful. And this group, Crossing Borders, reaches out to these people. It is a traumatic experience just to live in North Korea, much less when things go uh, wrong for you because they find you're a Christian or whatever. Uh, an estimated one to three million people perished in the North Korean famine spanning from 1995 to 1998. Imagine a population of people the size of the city of Dallas or Chicago, overrun by starvation and death in the span of only three years. Taking into account the scale of the North Korean famine, it's no mystery why an estimated 300,000 North Korean refugees fled across the border into China during the late 90s and early 2000s. The Democratic People's Republic of Korea, DPRK, North Korea, is an autocratic, isolationist regime. North Korea has, however, attained a great deal of notoriety due to its nuclear weapons programs and calculated use of inflammatory language on the international stage. But 
this perspective of North Korea as the fire-breathing state has drawn attention away from the suffering its government inflicts within its own borders upon its people. What is rarely understood is that North Korea's uh, deification and worship of, of North Korea leaders consistently sacrifices the well-being of its people. Through systematic misinformation and propaganda, North Korea controls its people through paranoia, fear, and brute force. It is through the ongoing abuse and exploitation of its citizens that North Korea's government is able to seize the world's attention. Many North Koreans who have endured suffering at the hands of their leaders have sought a way out of this vicious relationship with their state. Searching for any available route towards survival, stability, and freedom, North Korean refugees flee their own government into China. It's estimated that up to 200,000 North Korean refugees live in China today as hundreds, perhaps even thousands more, flee into the country each year. But China is no safe haven for the North Korean people. China's policy toward this population of people is one of active exclusion and rejection. Its government has consistently refused to recognize fleeing North Koreans as refugees, labeling them as illegal economic migrants. Such migrants, by Chinese law, have no claim to basic human rights or legal protection. This is to the extent that China refuses to even punish those who would intentionally murder North Korean refugees on Chinese soil. Furthermore, the Chinese government, though a signatory to the 1951 United Nations Refugee Convention, actively captures and deports North Korean refugees within its borders. Oftentimes, official monetary rewards are offered to those who reveal the whereabouts of refugees in hiding. These captured North Koreans are then returned to North Korea. North Korea's Communist Party considers repatriated refugees as guilty of treason, sentencing many to its infamous system of labor camps where they are tortured and face possible execution. Such Unforgiving circumstances surrounding North Korean refugees have left them vulnerable. With no one to protect them, North Korean refugees in China have fallen victim to an extensive human trafficking system that extorts, deceives, and captures refugees in exchange for profit. An estimated 70% of North Korean refugees are women, and of these women, 80% have been sold into marriages at least once in their lifetime. Crossing Borders has worked for the past 15 years to share the compassion of Christ to North Korean refugees and their children in China. Our workers on the field have helped upwards of 1,000 North Korean men, women, and orphans gain, uh, gain access to medical aid, spiritual counseling, and education. We've established a safe and reliable network of caretakers and field workers who continue to protect, support, and advise North Korean refugees and children with care and intervention. Crossing Borders works to encourage, strengthen, heal, and reunite families of North Korean refugees and helps to uh, offers help to all refugees and their children. And this is ultimately our work to share the good news of Jesus Christ. All of that in answer to the question, why crossing borders? 
exists. I'm paging through the book and seeing some more interesting information for you. Here's an article entitled Healing in Progress. It doesn't take much to spark fear in the hearts of North Korean refugees in China. Excuse me. Human Rights Watch reported that China arrested 41 North Korean refugees in July and August of 2017 alone. Our sources on the ground say that China has been more active in their attempts to find North Korean refugees and the networks that help them. This not only causes panic and fear in the lives of North Korean refugees, it cuts them off from community, makes it less likely that they will heal from past wounds. China's recent police activity has spread into regions where North Korean refugees were considered relatively safe in the past. And for the past few years, we have focused our efforts to help North Korean refugees who live further away from China's border with North Korea. Things seem to be safer in these parts. North Korean refugees who live inland reported that they felt much safer. We have the data to back this up. 2016, we asked our refugees from remote areas of China if they felt an immediate threat of arrest by the police. All of them surveyed felt that they had no immediate danger. Their safety was not guaranteed. It was clear that rural inland regions of China offered more anonymity and protection to those in hiding. In 2017, we asked these regional North Korean refugees in our network the same question. We were shocked to find that 100% of these same refugees now felt unsafe due to growing pressure from local authorities. In our past records, we noted that healing was underway for North Korean refugees in our network because many had community. North Korean refugees in these communities shared their stories and helped each other find resources. When there is fear, people are hesitant to meet with one another. There are signs that despite these sad numbers, North Korean refugees in our network continue to heal. It is unclear whether fleeing inland will continue to be a safe option for North Koreans in 2018. Nonetheless, crossing borders will quietly go about its work. All right, let's talk more about China and North Korean refugees. Despite its defiance of the United Nations HCR, UNHCR, Protection for Refugees, the Communist Party in China has legitimate fears of a humanitarian crisis taking place on its borders. It is estimated that some 300,000 refugees may have sought safety in China during the North Korean famine from 1994 to 1998. China has responded to the growing issue of North Korean refugees with an aggressive and calculated zero-tolerance policy. As the anxiety of conflict has risen on the Korean peninsula in the last year, the situation for both China and North Korea has not grown any simpler. As China takes an apprehensive and defensive stance along its border, and the North Korean government continues to raise the stakes for international tensions, the deepening lines in the sand have become gray trenches that many North Koreans cannot cross, especially those who seek any means of safety possible, even at the risk of their lives on hostile foreign soil. Chinese military activity on the border in, in times of uh, heightened international tension in August 2015, April 2017, 
may further indicate that the state is not only preparing to seal its borders, but to intervene in any extended conflict that may occur within the DPRK. In the case of a government collapse within North Korea, it's in the best interest of China to be the force of primary intervention and first on-site responder. North Korea is often referred to as China's buffer state to the capitalistic West due to boundaries set in the Cold War. 2017, the Chinese government not only redoubled investment to lock down its border with North Korea along the Tumen River, but expanded its efforts to find North Korean refugees in hiding within its borders. We've heard news of increased police presence from our North Korean refugees further and further from the border in China. And then both the provinces of Jilin and Liaoning, which border North Korea along the Tumen River, are now the location of new brigades of soldiers solely dedicated to border patrol. Since 2013, the military presence in the region has begun conducting drills and exercises to reinforce their effectiveness. News of new refugee camps being constructed in Changbai County and the Jilin province has begun to circulate as of December 2017, though their purpose is currently unclear. Some analysts have hypothesized that these camps are intended to capture any North Korean refugee who attempts to cross the border in the future. Then there's another article on the next page called North Koreans in the Peninsula. It's not entirely clear how to calculate the demographics of the population of North Korean refugees in hiding in China. It can prove problematic to assume specific information regarding their origin and means of escape without some data. Examining the clearest sample size of North Korean refugees possible, the population of North Korean defectors who have successfully been granted asylum in South Korea, well, we can begin to assess what the population of North Korean refugees in China may look like. And here are some statistics. Approximately 61% of North Korean defectors in South Korea are from the northeast region of North Korea, Hamgyang, along the border to the Chinese province of Jilin. And then crossing the Tumen River between Jilin and Hamgyang is perhaps the most available route of exit for North Korean refugees, known to be relatively shallow and covered in ice in winter. There was a 21% decrease in the number of North Korean refugees who were able to enter South Korea successfully from 2016 to 2017. And then only 1,127 defectors made it to South Korea by the end of 2017. That's the lowest number of North Korean refugees who have reached South Korea since Kim Jong-un came into power in 2011. It's very likely that more effort is being placed on preventing escape from the country. Please understand, when we talk about going from North Korea to South Korea, we don't mean sneaking across the border somewhere. That's impossible. They leave into China, move way across China, go through Southeast Asia, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles, and finally come back in a big circle back into South Korea. Only 717, that's 2.3% of North Korean defectors to South Korea, 
are reported to have escaped from Pyongyang, the capital city of North Korea. And finally, one must remember that while 31,000 North Korean refugees have successfully entered South Korea from 1998 through 2017, an estimated 200,000 North Korean refugees are said to be living in China currently. Well, I said finally, but uh, there is this, this one more article I want to read, okay, about the North Korean gulags, and we'll call this uh, the end of the North Korean thing for a while. The North Korean gulag system is vast, wide-reaching. It is, by design, overly punitive and cruel. There's no due process that sends people into the system. Some prisoners do not know why they're sent there. It's a powerful tool the North Korean government uses to keep its people in line. This system of prison camps is technically not public since prisoners must sign the equivalent to a non-disclosure agreement before being released. But North Koreans know what it means to be sent to the mountains, as they call it. A former prison guard, An Myung-chul, told the Daily NK in an interview in December 2017, he said, Kim Il-sung said, my history is the history of struggle against sectarian opportunists. Well, this showed that Kim Il-sung harbored ill feelings toward those who opposed him throughout his life. North Korean refugees like Lois that we talked about last time are petrified by these camps because they know that one of the worst crimes is to be caught in China. Crossing borders has helped hundreds of women who have survived these prison camps. All have confirmed what has been published in the 2013 United Nations Commission of Inquiry on Human Rights, that North Korea has repeatedly broken international law through the use of these camps. Refugees in our network have reported sheer misery in these camps. One or uh, 12 hour workdays, rations of 12 to 24 kernels of corn per day, regular physical beatings. One refugee woman who was pregnant with a half Chinese baby during her incarceration told us that prison guards beat and kicked her pregnant belly. Her child survived but was severely disfigured. That's the gulag system. And and then there's some information on, on this next page about the gulag, only not from crossing borders, but from David Hawke's famous book, The Hidden Gulag. Prisoners are accused of wrongdoing, imagined or perceived wrongdoing. It can include being on the wrong or losing side of a bureaucratic, factional or political dispute within the Korean Workers' Party, skipping too many of the compulsory ideological education classes all North Koreans are required to attend defacing or failing to take adequate care of photographic images of Kim Il-sung, complaining about conditions, expressing criticism of regime policies, or leaving the country without permission, and in particular, meeting South Koreans while outside North Korea. Wrongdoing or wrong thinking, imagined or perceived wrong thinking, includes expressing or uh, supporting ideas at variance with the official ideology. At times, this could have been belief or evidence of belief in Protestant Christianity. At other times, wrong thinkers were 
Orthodox Marxists who thought that Juche ideology or dynastic succession within Kim Il-sung's family was contrary to the spirit and tenets of Marxism-Leninism. Wrongdoing, wrong thinking. How about wrong knowledge? An example of wrong knowledge includes the situation of North Korean students or diplomats who had been studying or posted in Eastern Europe in the late 1980s during the collapse of socialism and who were recalled to the DPRK only to be immediately dispatched to labor camps to prevent their knowledge of the collapse of state socialism in North Korea's allies from spreading to the North Korean population. An earlier example of wrong knowledge was the exposure to and a knowledge about capitalist prosperity, democracy, civil liberties in Japan by ethnic Koreans who repatriated to the DPRK in the 1960s to build socialism in the Korean fatherland, but found Kim Il-sung's version of totalitarian socialism not what they had imagined. Wrong association. And that's being part of a family whose husband, father, or grandfather had collaborated with the Japanese occupation of Korea, or who was a Presbyterian elder or deacon, or part of a family whose patriarch was part of a purged faction of the Korean Workers' Party, or who was suspected of supporting South Korea during the Korean War, or having subsequently defected to South Korea. And then wrong class. Background includes those who had been aristocratic landowners or otherwise privileged bourgeoisie during the Japanese colonial regime in Korea. That's how you go to the gulag. You do wrong, you think wrong, you know wrong, you associate wrong. You just were in the wrong group all your life. Dear God, have you given some thought here? Do you, do you have enough to pray about now for a while? I do hope so. Thank you for joining me today. We're taking a, a little bit of a cutback over the next weeks. Those of you who are with us in real time need to be aware of this. The rest of you just keep looking through the uh, site and finding what you want. But um, this is uh, the uh, 9th of August, 2018. Starting next week, we'll probably just go three days a week for a while. I'm working on a project that I can't really tell you about. It's a, it's a writing researching project that has to do with the things of God. But um, I, I'm saving the information for another time for you. But because of that, it's just kind of swallowing up things time-wise, and I need a little bit of break from this. So what we'll do is Romans once a week. We'll do the Titanic for as long as that lasts. And, of course, uh, David uh, Brainerd, we'll keep working on him once a week, too. So three days, Lord willing, for a little while, okay? God bless you. I will not be back tomorrow, Friday, or Saturday. We will continue, Lord willing, in our study of Romans. First thing Monday morning. God bless you all. Bye-bye.